1: Paid for by America First Legal. You're listening to the Huddle Up Podcast with Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Join Bronco's Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off. And now it's time to drop some knowledge. Hey,
2: okay, we are live, but we got to let it breathe just for a moment here while we make sure we got our Facebook peeps in here with us. Bear with us just a moment or two, and we are good. Welcome in, everybody, to the Huddle Up podcast presented, as always, by Mile High Huddle, powered by Overtime Media. I'm your host, Chad Jensen. With me, as always, my partner in crime, my fellow football priest, and the deputy editor of milehighhuddle.com, Zach Calberman. Zach, we kind of saw this coming a little bit, right? We, we, you know, we predicted or foresaw that George Payton was likely to make this move especially because of the fact that he's still got two games left to 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 serve on his suspension but mike cliss broke the news today broncos are releasing cornerback aj bouye what was your <clears throat> you know off the cuff reaction to that no surprise Completely expected, Chad. Uh, we talked about this for a while
3: now. People were expecting George Payton's first move as Broncos GM is to make the big splash trade, but I held firm to the belief that his first move was going to be to trim the fat around the roster. And that starts with A.J. Boye, save them $13 million in salary cap space, and I believe there's one more domino to fall, if not two more. Jarrell Casey and maybe even Kareem Jackson, those three combined would save the Broncos $35.24 million in salary cap space. That enables them to do whatever they want to do. Pay Shelby, sign Simmons, go get free agents, find their quarterback. This was the first domino to fall, and I'm happy Boye is
2: gone. He was a big disappointment, Chad, for his contract last year. You know, there were a few times he showed some promise, like – the Tennessee game, before he injured that shoulder, he had a very uh, – I think he had two P- pass breakups, two PBUs, one of which in a crucial third-down situation. And then, of course, the shoulder misses all that time. I mean, a lot of time. Comes back, gets concussed when A.J. Johnson collides with him. Was it A.J. or was it Kareem? It was Kareem, I think. Actually. Kareem, yeah. A.J. was with uh, was with uh, Devontae Bosby the year prior. Um, anyway, and then the concussion and from between that – and then he gets suspended, misses the entire last quarter of the season, he just couldn't get into a groove. It was definitely um, a swing and a miss. But, you know, if he doesn't get hurt, even with the suspension that he had to serve late in the year, he doesn't get hurt, I still think he would have been. He would, I think the, the injuries threw him off. You give him health with Fangio, I think he would have, maybe not Pro Bowl AJ from 2017, but you would have got above average level left side boundary corner. I think we're
3: on the same page there. I was going to say he might have survived having a down season with the injuries and his poor play. I think the suspension was the the straw that broke the camel's back to the Broncos. It wasn't worth it. He, and it's not like he's done with it. He has two more games left to serve this season. So at the cost of what he was, his contract was carrying, his performance last year, this is also an indication, Chad. What are the Broncos going to do in the first round of the draft? Caleb Farley just got way more realistic for them now. They have a massive hole in the depth chart. Officially, they might soon fill in about two months.
2: Yeah, it went from being a pretty gaping need to just being like a chasm. Like it's a, a, you know, it's like Gandalf and the Balrog right now, all right, in the minds of Moria. That's the kind of hole the Broncos have at cornerback. The only saving grace is Bryce Callahan and a little bit of a flyer, a little bit of a hope that Michael Ojemudia can – continue to develop because I do think he showed a lot more promise in year one as a former third round pick than we ever saw from Yadam, Isaac Yadam in Denver or Brendan Langley in Denver. But still, man, like that's nothing. Bryce is a nickel corner. That's where you hang your hat. If you're the Broncos, you cannot rest on your laurels. You got to go hard to figure out how you can not only bolster corner, but like you got to search for some serious upgrades. Like it's DEFCON level problem. Yeah.
3: And the thing about Callahan, he's far and away the Broncos best cornerback, but can, can the Broncos rely on him? I mean, considering his injury history, he missed all of 2019. He ended 2020 uh, with an injury. Is he worth counting on? And, and that my, my answer is no. So this is a situation where the Broncos are like where they were last year with wide receiver or this past year. They might end up double dipping in rounds one and two. They might sign a veteran and draft Farley or Sertan in the first round. Like you mentioned, it's not just a need. It's a must-have for Denver.
2: Priority number, I guess, two after quarterback this offseason. Guys, we have a few tasty topics to get to tonight, including Philip Lindsay, like – literal nuke from orbit on pat Shermer, you know i don't think it's, it's one of those things where you, you know guys are on the radio they're being asked questions and then once they kind of get going it's not until after the fact that they kind of maybe realize what they said maybe that was the case in for Lindsay, what we'll get to a little bit later maybe he meant to say exactly what he said but either way it was pretty um incendiary all right let's just put it that way but what we've really been looking forward to tonight is our superstar segment. We're bringing on MHH, male model, here in just a few moments. You all know him, you all love him, Muhammad Badri. We're going to get a chance to talk to him and uh, pick his brain on some of these hot button issues and find out how he became such a uh, dedicated, passionate, outgoing Broncos fan. We're going to get to all that here in just a moment. We're going to we're going to grab Muhammad first, though. We got to say hello and tip our cap to the presenting sponsor of tonight's live stream podcast. Manscaped. Guys, 2020, it's in the books. Put it behind you. It's 2021. That means it's time to step your game up. It's time to embrace the new year, new me mindset. And there's no better way to do that than with Manscaped because Manscaped is the best in men's below the waist grooming, offering precision engineered tools for your family jewels and helping over 2 million men around the world keep their below the belt grooming on point. So if you let yourself go, maybe a little bit in 2020 with quarantine and just how crazy that year was. Manscaped is here to help you reboot, help you stay clean and shaved in 2021. Yeah, you know, real quick, I always talk
3: about the, uh, the nose hair trimmer, cleaning up your face. We talk about cleaning up your un- undercarriage and your unmentionables, but for someone who wants to, uh, male groom and, and use Manscaped, it doesn't have to be those areas. In fact, if you go to the gym like I do, if you wear tank tops or sleeveless shirts and you have hair on your arms like I do, hair on your neck, hair on your back, this is a perfect tool to rid yourself of all those issues. It's Like I I still have a charge. I've used this continuously for about two weeks now. Like Chad always mentions, you have the light. It's comfortable. It's ergonomic. It's affordable. I use it constantly on my arms. There's never any bumps, never bruises, scrapes, anything like that. Gets all the hair off nice and smooth. They send you also conditioner for your skin, conditioner for your face, conditioner for your undercarriage. It's the total package for what you need, regardless
2: of what you want to do or what depth you want to go to in male grooming, Chad. I think Manscaped likes to push the lawnmower 3.0 as kind of the star of the show and there's the light that illuminates that undercarriage but to me it's it's actually the um anti chafing all right there it's like a lotion it's not it's not exactly a lotion but it's like a lotion and for below the belt let me just tell you if you're on your feet a lot during the day you're walking uh it it helps to avoid some very uncomfortable situations where in the back of your mind you're sitting there talking to your boss and you know you got to make an adjustment but you can't cuz then you look like a weirdo so you just sit there <laughs> and suffer that avoids all right it avoids that for you so so many different products to choose from all right in the manscaped arsenal so head on over there right now to manscaped.com get 20% off plus free shipping when you use the code huddle your family jewels will thank you You know, Chad, sometimes I sit there like doing this pod, like that same feeling. So I know it's
3: definitely relatable. Yes, guys, 20% off and free shipping with the code huddle at manscaped.com. Again, that's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code
2: huddle. Happy New Year to you
3: and your family, Jules.
2: All right, I'm going to go through the matters of business very quick because we want to get to our guest tonight. So let's blaze through it, guys. Hey, become a uh, follower. It's free of our Facebook page, the actual Huddle Up Podcast Facebook page, Facebook.com slash high huddle pod, or just open up the app. You know, 99% of people who use Facebook, you just have the app on your phone, search Huddle Up Podcast, like, follow. We have grown that very quickly in the last week and a half since we created it. And we're grateful to each and every one of you that have followed the page, but we need to continue to bump those numbers. Uh, We got a lot of cool things planned, and we're doing some giveaways. So You're always going to be enrolled, if you will, into our giveaways and our raffles that we're going to be doing through that page. As long as you are liking and following the page, you're going to be included in that. So check it out. Uh, Twitter at huddle up pod and at mile high huddle. If you follow those two accounts, you will miss nothing. Also move on over to the merch store, huddle up pod.com. When you get a a, a second and get your swag on, get a hat, get a t-shirt, get a face mask, a mug, a little something for everybody. It's another way to support what we're doing here at MHH, and we really appreciate it when you guys do patronize that merch store. And you guys blew us out of the water. Like we had no idea the merch store was going to explode like it did last year. And we have some really fun plans for new merch coming down the pike. Uh, we have you guys have heard me mention it a couple times on the show, but we have a new uh, graphics design type guy that we're working with named Jake. Very talented, very on on point, and he's going to help us design some new stuff. So there's going to be some gear coming to the the merch store here in the very near future for our dedicated community. And then also, guys, we got to plug this, all right? Make sure you're aware. Go to our main Facebook page for Mile High Huddle, facebook.com slash Mile High Huddle. You'll know you're in the right place because you'll see all the logos and you'll see that there's ninety two or 93,000 fellow followers there. Click the big blue button to become a supporter. It's 5 bucks a month. What that gets you is our premium video content that we have rolled out starting in January, which includes Calberman's Corner, Hot Takes That Hold Water. It's Zach. It's Kimberly Becker, and it's great content. A little bit different flavor than what we do on these long-form live streams. So check that out. Episode 5, right, Zach, is coming Sunday. Um, I'll just say the next episode of, of KK is coming on Sunday at noon Mountain Time. So check that out. And if you're not in a position to patronize the merch store, become a supporter, or a Super Chat Superstar, Seriously, we just appreciate you being with us. It's extremely, we're grateful just to have you here, whether you're live or listening after the fact. We do ask these three things, all right? We, we, we get it. We're a little bit demanding of our audience, all right? We want you to participate. We want you to engage with us here. Subscribe, okay, on YouTube and, and Apple and, uh, I almost said Shopify, Spotify. Those are That's crucial. Number two, like the video. If, if you're watching on YouTube, just quickly hit the like guys have no idea how much that helps us. Same on Facebook. That's your call to action. We take it as a personal insult. If you watch the the pod, even if it's for two minutes, all right, you don't give us a like, it hurts our heart. But the third thing is the the litmus test. If we are doing a good job for you, share this video out there, help us continue to grow and reach new like-minded Broncos fans just like
1: you. This is the Overtime Podcast Network.
2: End of sermon. Let's bring on MHH resident male model, Muhammad Badri in the house, superstar alert. Here he is. Muhammad. we have been uh, very much looking forward to tonight and the opportunity to meet you and uh, talk to you a little bit. First of all, how are you? And then tell us how you became such a dedicated and passionate Broncos fan.
5: I'm doing good. Um, I just want to thank you, Chad and Zach, for having me on. Um, I was actually, like, if you look at my Twitter handle, it says 2005, that was the year I became a Broncos fan and a football fan. I was born in another country and didn't really know anything about football. When I saw it on TV, it used to seem to me like people were fighting, didn't understand what the game was, had no interest in it. And boy, was I wrong. I mean, it's it's like chess. Um, Yes. Ever since that time, I've just, you know, been following football. I'm still actually learning about it and stuff and just love the Broncos
3: you know Muhammad I uh I thanked you before we went live and I want to thank you publicly again for all the support that you give us the podcast the shows Kelberman's Corner you've been tremendous so thank you so much for that where you know you and I are a lot alike in how we think and view the Broncos but where did you how did you see them finishing what are your thoughts on how they finish the season and where do you see them going forward do you see them being a playoff team do you see them being a middling team do you see them being a you know, a, a playoff team, how do you see the Broncos shaking out this season?
5: So um, I kind of have mixed feelings because if we do go to the playoffs, that means Vic D'Angelo is going to stay <laughs> in a way. Um, yeah. He gets to keep his job, and I really just want him gone. You know, it's the whole coaching team. But um, I, can, I can see us winning eight, maybe nine games, nine and seven, something like that. It's going to be a wild card.
2: By the way, guys, any direct questions you have for Muhammad, any Super Chats, get them in the stream. John will keep an eye out, and we'll try and get those to him if we still have time here at the end of our conversation. So 2005, I figured that, you know, when we first started connecting with you on Twitter, uh, and I found your handle, and, and eventually I memorized it from every night, Super Chat Superstar Boom, supporting us, doing your thing. And I figured, you know what, I bet that 2005, it's got some kind of, Broncos significance, so it's cool to hear that. But that was a good year to become a Broncos fan because that was the year, Jake Plummer and uh, that defense, that was the year of no mistake Jake, where he took the Broncos all the way to the AFC Championship game and then proceeded to have the worst performance of at least his Broncos career, maybe his entire career, in the biggest game of his career, and a young upstart, Ben Roethlisberger, who had just recently supplanted Tommy Maddox in Pittsburgh, beat the Broncos, went on to the Super Bowl. If Denver be- takes care of business and beats that young Steelers team, they go to the Super Bowl and lambast the Seattle Seahawks. Who, yeah, they had uh, Sean Alexander at his peak, but that's really all they had. So that was a good year. That was a fun year, very memorable for me, and I'm sure for a lot of other Broncos fans. But let's say now here we are, you know, many years down the road from then, right, 15, 16 years later, what's your biggest, best memory of being a Broncos fan as it relates to the team and maybe also – What you've, you know, your least favorite memory, your worst memory?
5: Um, Favorite memories, actually two. I think first one would be, um, you know, Tebow to Demiria Stamus, Steelers, yeah. Just, you know, because he didn't really know how to throw the ball, so I'm just saying. (laughs) And then um, second one would be um, Strip Sack, Von Miller, Cam Newton.
3: Iconic Sack. Yeah. 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 And uh, least favored, anything in the last, what, three, four years?
5: (laughs) Actually, I would say when we lost to the Ravens. Mm -hmm. Raheem Um, Moore. Overtime. Yeah.
2: Yeah, we don't talk about that name. (laughs) We got got a question here from uh, Mark Knapp on Facebook, great member of our community. He says, Who is your all time favorite player being a Broncos fan since 05?
5: Um, I would say Von Miller. I really like Von Miller. Yeah. I
2: mean, of this era, Zach, it's it's gotta either be I think the most common answers that we would get from fans of this era, like 05 on Peyton Nervon, Vaughn. Vaughn Miller, Peyton, uh Demarius probably is up there just based on what I see and hear from people. And and then you can start getting down into different levels, but those are probably the three that, that jump out.
3: Yeah, and I this is thank you, John. That's exactly the question I had for you, Mo. What's your take on Drew Locke's progress? You know, where do you see him going this season? Do you see him developing into that franchise quarterback? I know you are among the silent majority with Chad and I that are still on the number three bandwagon. But do you see him taking that mantle of being the franchise quarterback?
5: Honestly, with Drew, my gut tells me no, but then at the same time, we have to be fair because of what happened last year and, you know, give him another year. Um, Cortland will come back, you know, just see what happens pretty much. I don't think it's fair if we just go ahead and just, you know, um, Get another quarterback for now.
3: So, no Deshaun Watson in Denver.
5: Oh, no, no, no. No Russell no. Wilson, no Carson Wentz. Okay. I don't want nobody's quarterbacks. We don't <laughs> want Let's <laughs> just draft one. You know? By the way, sloppy
2: seconds. <laughs> did you guys see that the Texans continue to implode their top, it was their president, their CEO, their top financial executive? President, yeah. Yeah, the president resigned. resigned after 20 years with the club. Man, that that is a franchise that is just doing this right now. It's like you know, it's in the it's in the throws. I don't know if it's a death throw, or it's a death spiral. I don't know, but I can see why Deshaun Watson is saying "Get me out of here." I just uh, I don't like the I don't like the cost. All right, we got one more here from uh, Chichi Choa on uh, on Twitch. Appreciate you being with us on Twitch, my friend. It says Mo, who do we draft? in the first round. So the Broncos, just to set the stage for all of our listeners, sitting there with pick nine in this coming draft, at least for now, what do you hope to see for your team?
5: Um, So I like um, Kaya Parsons, the inside linebacker, but because they um, released AJ Bouye, I think they might go for Farley, you know, but I really think that's what, that's something that we've been missing, especially, you know, playing against uh, the chiefs. Uh, mm-hmm. you know we can't cover no tight ends running backs so i was actually hoping for that to happen but i don't know might be a cornerback so i would love an inside linebacker
2: i mean maybe they can solve half that problem by landing a levante david in free agency oh, yeah.
5: really not You think he's, he's gonna can... be there. like is he gonna be expensive
3: he might yeah. not make it. You saw what Arian said today. He goes, "You ain't yeah. going nowhere, Levante." So,
2: or Shaquille Barrett, for that matter. I don't. Yeah. I don't believe he leaves Tampa Bay. So, yeah. Sad. And I I haven't really examined Tampa's cap situation, to be frank. So, if he's saying that, he probably has a dang good reason to be saying it. Not only in terms of we want you back, but like he probably has had a chat with the GM and knows their financial situation. Yeah. You know what to expect. Um, all right, one more question for you here, Mohammed, and that is. When it comes to the future outlook, obviously you're a little bit down on Vic Fangio, you're a little bit down on Pat Shermer, and understandably so. We're going to talk here in a minute when we on on the other side of this segment with you, our conversation with you, we're going to talk about this Philip Lindsay, this really fiery Philip Lindsay interview, in which he basically laid out, you know, how he was misused by Pat Shermer running up the middle, running up the middle, then he gets hurt, then he gets hurt, then he gets hurt. Um, and also, kind of throw some shade at him about, you know, the, the whole catching the ball and being a pass catcher and all that stuff. So it's kind of, uh, as I said at the top of the show, it's kind of a nuke from Orbit. You can maybe it's Freudian slip. I don't think so. I think he probably knew what he was saying. What do you think that means for his future in Denver? Do you think Phillip gets RFA tender because he's a restricted free agent? So the Broncos have the prerogative to tag him with a tender and then, you know, he can other teams can swoop in and sign him, but then that, those teams have to give things up to the Broncos. Or do you think maybe the Broncos just say George Payton? He's like, look, Philip Lindsay, you're nothing to me. Like I'm new on the scene, and you just dissed our offensive coordinator. Do you think this is bad for Lindsay's prospects to return?
5: Um, I mean, you know, everybody loves Philip Lindsay, but I think he's gone. He knows it too, because you know, we just don't like him. Like he 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 doesn't work out for his system. So, and the sad part is, we let him go. He gets signed, and then. Hopefully we get new coaches next year, different system, then what? You know, that's the problem. But at the same time, what's going to happen with Melvin Gordon? I don't know. It's not really clear. But I think he really knows that he's gone. So he was like, I'm going to say what I want to say. <laughs> Mo, I need you to do something for me for my own
3: personal benefit. Will you please answer this question? Because I got to hear your answer.
2: Which coaches would you keep, Muhammad? From Albert Knoppers.
5: Um, nobody.
2: <laughs> <was way> <laughs> Brings me pleasure. I'm the bricks, huh? Well, hey, Muhammad, we so appreciate you making some time for us here tonight. A, B, just all of the support and not just the support, but like what you bring to our community in terms of your personality. And, and I know, It's not just Zach and I as hosts and John as producer, but like everybody in the community, they get, you know, I think they feel a little bit more uh, enriched and edified because you're in the community. So we appreciate you. We appreciate your passion, everything you bring to the table for MHH and of course your support. And as, as we say goodbye to you tonight, of course, we'll have you back on the show here in the near future. I know you had a little shout out or two. You wanted to get out there uh, before we sign off.
5: Yeah, I wanted to give a shout-out to my wife, Shima. She actually helped me out with this whole decorations. I don't know nothing about it, you know, the (laughs) lighting and everything. So, uh, And then my son, Abdel, is also watching. Got a couple of friends, Tisha, Nikki, Chris, my brother, Moed, is watching. So I just wanted to give a shout-out to them. Shout-out to you guys. Shout-out to the MHH community. And last but not least, the Beast. The beast in the house.
2: Beast. All right, my friend. Well, hey, yeah, we echo that. Shout out to everybody, including the everyone in the Badri family. And I know you got a, a new addition coming to that family in the near future. Your child will be born about a month before my child is going to be born. So we'll have to uh, exchange some you know, new dad tips. The last time I had a, an infant in my family was a decade ago. So I've like blocked all that out, forgotten it. So it's another trial by fire for me.
5: Oh, yes, sir. We All right, my
2: friend. Him. Appreciate you, Muhammad. Follow him on Twitter. Let me let me show you how you uh, find him at Broncos two thousand five. He's a very very fun, very engaging uh, Twitter follow. So connect with him there. Appreciate you, my friend.
5: Thank you. My house salute to you guys.
4: Salute you. Too, you. Brother.
2: Thank nice to see you. Me. We'll talk to you soon.
1: This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Paid for by America First Legal. There he goes, Muhammad Badri.
2: Just love that. I mean, seriously, like, I don't know, man. Some guys perfectly personify and embody just our whole ethos here at MHH, and Mo is one of those guys. And it's not just because, you know, the reason I started calling him the MHH male model, uh, appreciate, appreciate you, Dylan, is because, you know, he went and got a hat, went and got a hoodie. You saw him rocking the hoodie tonight, right? That's a that's a man that is on point, you know. Um, and, and then he and then he doesn't just take a selfie because we want to show love to our our those that get the gear and all that. We retweet them or put their pictures up on our social media, Instagram, and all that. My dog, you know, has the perfectly like you know position. He's got the hat on. He's got the hoodie on. Pick looks good. And uh, so I'm like, hey man, that's like we should probably start. Like if we sold a set, Zach, like the hat and the and the hoodie is one thing. We just take Muhammad's profile pic, put it on the merch store. Like this is what, this is how good you could look, dog. It's the bodgery
3: Starter Pack. That's what we'll call it. That's how we'll market it. And you know, Muhammad, I got to say again, we have the best, fa- you know, listener base in the entire world, as far as I'm concerned. Broncos Country is the best fan base, but the Huddle Up Pod and our fans and our listeners and our viewers are the best, and we are so grateful for each and every one. But what Muhammad does on a daily basis, Chad, not just for the podcast, but articles twitter he's there every episode for kk he, he's promoting it more than i am and, and he's doing that completely on his own volition because he's that good of a guy i am truly touched by his generosity and he is seriously it, we, there's so many to name but he is definitely a top three member of this community I, I could not have more respect or
2: appreciation for him not only that here here's another one of our top members of this community, oh, yeah Queen another top there. three want some love Appreciate you, Christy. She says, showing some love. Nice to see Mo on tonight. Hashtag Broncos country is the best. We echo that. And you exemplify that, Christy. Mo oh, yeah. exemplifies that. But Let me just tell you one last little quick thing and then get right back into the content on uh, on Mohammed is when we were debuting episode one of Calberman's Corner, I think I shared this anecdote or at least a version of it uh, a few weeks back. But, you know, we debuted it, of course, on a, on a Sunday at noon. And I want to say, Zach, that it was like, either a Thursday might've been like an early on a Friday, but I get a DM from him and he's like, Hey, Chad, Oh, is it KK coming out? It's starting uh, on Sunday. And I'm like, yep, yep. Here's the time here. You're locked in. He had already subscribed as a supporter. He was good to go. I said, yep, you're locked in. He goes, well, you know, maybe you should like uh, promote that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, dog, you know, I got to step up my game because he was right. Like we had, we had been talking about it on the show, but i kind of, you know, it kind of dropped uh, dropped the ball on pushing it out on our social media, and he was like, he was on it, dude. He's like, <clears throat> everyone needs to know about this, dude. What are you doing? So we got the flyer out, and we, you know, blitzed everybody. So that's just his mindset, man. That's just who he is, and we appreciate him.
3: He also gave me a flattering nickname,
2: so it's one of the few in my life I ever had. So I I appreciate you, Mo. Let me grab Tyler. Um, Randall has been waiting extremely patiently while we uh, talked with Muhammad here. Really appreciate your, your uh, super chat there, Tyler. You are rapidly becoming a superstar here. He says, Pat Shermer's awful scheme this season cost one of the most explosive running backs in the NFL his shot at being the guy and getting paid like it. I know injuries help, but if he wasn't used incorrectly, maybe he doesn't get hurt. Hashtag, I'd be mad too. Tyler, thank you so much. And Zach, I want you to react to that. And while you while you do, I'm going to bring up this article so everyone can get on the same page on exactly what Lindsey had to say. I mean, my
3: reaction is nonverbal because I cherry-picked one quote out of the article, which is a very uh, well-written article by Luke, about Philip Lindsey. And what he said is, basically, how do you know if someone can't catch the ball if you don't throw to him?" And my reaction was the Oprah gif. Anyone's ever seen it on Twitter where she's like – you know, what? that's what I've been saying for months and months now. He's saying the same thing Chad and I said, and he's finally speaking out, and I believe putting Pat Shermer on blast where he needs to be put. No other player has said this. Vic Fangio deferred all accountability, all responsibility. It was all Drew Locke's fault, but lost in the quarterback and lost in the injuries lost in the pandemic was the misuse of the Broncos' offensive players, from Jerry Judy to Noah Fant to K.J. Hamler, and, yes, even Philip Lindsay. I was standing up and applauding these comments, Chad, not because I want dissension or disharmony in the Broncos locker room, because it needed to be said. Phillip Lindsay is a game-breaking talent, and when he has a game where he has two or three carries, two or three touches,
2: that is inexcusable. I could not be happier that he finally spoke up. Very well said. So let me just set the stage really quick, all right? Uh, Shout-out to our friends Nick Ferguson and Cecil Lammy of the Nick and Cecil Show uh, weekdays on the fan there in Denver, 104.3. The fan. They had him on, I want to say it was Monday night. All right. So they got talking. And uh, here's what Philip Lindsay said the first thing that he said that was incendiary quote, everybody knows that I can run inside well, but come on now. I'm 190 pounds. I can't sit there and run up the middle 24 7. That's just not my style. I have all this speed. I have great vision. What we just, that just jumped <laughs> up. Come on, man. Stand by. You're not our sponsor, Reese's. Get out of here. All right. Uh, I have great <laughs> speed. I have all the speed. I have great vision. I'm a person, hold on, that can accelerate at any time. I just need to be put in position at times where you can get the pulling guards and you can get the screens, the draws. That stuff right there accelerates a running back, especially my type. Close quote. We'll come back to another one, but I want to touch on this. I want to I let her down just for a second on this. This is absolutely true. How many times during last season, whether it was Phillip or Gordon, but regardless, did we say that Pat Shermer's rushing attack was boring? It was predictable. It was inside, outside zone, just rotate it. Then what happened? Late in the year, he finally decides to get creative. What game was it? Um, Was it the – I want to say it was the road game. Shoot, I can't remember which game it was, but it was down the stretch, all right? All of a sudden you're seeing guards and tackles and even the center pulling and you're doing traps and pulls. And sure enough, what did it do? Blasted open a few big games for Lindsey. I mean, he had several games last year, Zach. I'm going to pull up his game log here in a second. But he had several games this year where he would have seven, eight, nine carries, but then he'd have like 89 yards, 90 yards. I mean, his production when he was used in that way was just unbelievable. And he's right, man. You gotta let him. You, you gotta scheme him to a point where he can utilize his skill set and his talents, and what make him that special, unique back that he is. You gotta get him on the perimeter.
3: It, it would be like never calling a nine route for Tyree Kill. It, it just doesn't make sense. If you're not utilizing the player's best skill sets and. The, you know, you mentioned the Broncos' run schemes being boring, uncreative. They were downright just terrible last year. They were running Philip Lindsay like Royce Freeman right up the middle. No creativity, nothing outside. But that's also an issue. I can't fault just Pat Shermer. That actually precedes Pat Shermer all the way back to Scangarello. So I don't know. Maybe it's Curtis Modkins. Maybe there's someone on the coaching staff that just doesn't see Lindsay for what he is. But it really uh, came to pass last year when he was getting a handful of touches a game. When he's your most explosive playmaker on offense, he can take it to the house from any point of the field. He's a tough guy. He can run up the middle. He can run goal line. He can pass protect. He can catch the ball. But if you don't allow him to see the field, if you don't give him the touches, and worst of all, if you don't utilize his skill set, he's useless. And I'm not, I don't blame him one iota for saying these comments. It's almost like though reading it, it's like he got verbally hacked. You know, you would never expect Phillip Lindsay to say these things out loud. But he's so on point and so specific with his criticism, it makes me feel like he's been harping on this for months and months and months. Not just something that came to him in this moment. This is something that's been sitting with him the entire season. And someone finally asked about it, and he finally had enough courage, and he finally had enough, you know what, I don't care anymore, to say, you know, this is how it really is. This is how it can't be,
2: but this is how it is, and I don't like it. Honestly, I think this really is a thing that it, this devolves to Shermer because Curtis Modkins, the running back, uh, running backs coach, he was the guy that basically vaulted Lindsey. Like it was it was Modkins' call to supplant Royce Freeman. Like when Royce Freeman got hurt in 2018 as a rookie in Week Seven, all right, against the Texans, you know, he was the man at that point. Lindsey had had flashed a few big games and he had made some big plays and had some big runs, but he was the compliment – And then Royce went down, and Lindsey just took that frickin' mantle and ran with it. And then when Royce came back, there was your opportunity to go back to your third-round pick you got a serious investment in. Didn't happen. From then on out, it was Lindsey. Modkins, I think, does deserve some of the credit for Lindsey's unprecedented back-to-back 1,000-yard rushing campaigns to open his career despite being undrafted. Christie says, Shermer is predictable and not creative. Lindsey could work but won't in Shermer's crap system. Sad to see Lindsey has heart. And that's hard to find. That's such a good
3: point about him having heart. He has the biggest heart, I believe, on the entire team. And no matter if it's third and one or fourth and 20 or first and 10, I mean, he will always give you his all and he will always push forward. He's always fighting. He's always battling out there. He loves being a Bronco. He loves Denver. He loves football. Why not reward that guy? Why not feed into that guy? And instead, they alienated that guy.
0: That's just completely wrong.
1: This is the Overtime Podcast Network.
0: Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site
2: Fat cats, appreciate you, my friend. He he just jumped in, dropped a super. He'll catch it after work, but he says can't stay. Um, just want to drop some love. Catch you after work, priests. Hey, Thank you. appreciate you, Doc. Appreciate you very much. And by the way, reach out to us and uh, connect with us on on Twitter if you have a Twitter account. We'd love to be able to to link up with you and keep the conversation going on uh, on Twitter, and also be able to shout you out after these shows here. Uh, let me see here real quick, John. So my my stream is about to jump. I'm going from, all right, now I'm at 655. So let me tell you where I'm at. I'm at Jay Ritchie at 642. So we'll, we'll the ones you have queued up, Those we're, we're going to get those starting with David here. Really appreciate you, David. Another one of our great superstars. Another one of our great Mount Rushmore guys. And David, hey, we've never had you on the show. If you'd be interested in coming on and, and having a segment, a superstar segment, you, you have my email address mile huddle at gmail reach out <clears throat> we'd love to set that up if it's something you want to do not everyone wants to do it we understand you know uh but if you do hit us up we'd be happy to to schedule a time but david says now that we have released Bouye, who could denver target in free agency at cornerback very good question uh we've touched on this a few times but it's not a great cor- free agent cornerback uh market at this stage you have a really big name and that's Patrick Peterson. And you could maybe make an argument for him if it wasn't a weird year where you could your cap could go as low as 175 million. And you know, you don't you're a lot more just tapped financially, a lot more restrictions and constraints. In this case, Zach, as much as I like the idea, I think he still has another couple, two, three years left in the tank of being a solid number one corner. I just don't think financially that's what he's looking to do. Plus, at this stage in his career, He probably wants to find the best of both worlds in terms of money and somewhere he can win. Exactly. And the Broncos aren't going to swap
3: out one high-priced veteran corner for another. I mean, he's a guy that can go to a contending team and win a Super Bowl. He's not going to come to Denver for what's going to be at least a one to two-year rebuild to get back to the playoffs. I believe they saved some money. There's some other names. Mackenzie Alexander uh, played for Peyton in uh, Minnesota couple of Cowboys cornerbacks, the Woozie A and Jordan Lewis, even though Lewis is more of a slot guy. Not a great cornerback class, though. This is an area that I expect them to address in the draft. And like I mentioned, they might just end up double-dipping in rounds
2: one and two, rounds one and three. It is a dire, dire, dire need. All right, one more from David. Really appreciate that support and your questions, my friend, because this was another topic we were going to get to tonight, and that is the recent odds that came out from the uh, you know from Vegas, <laughs> if you will, that gave the Broncos a pretty solid chance of being the next team of one Russell Wilson. So David here says, what are the chances at getting Russell Wilson from Seattle? Thanks guys for everything you do. And as always great show, really appreciate you, David Zach. You had a very well-written, interesting article on this very topic last night that dropped and it's gone gangbusters today on our social media, drop some knowledge. Well,
3: I mean, with the recent uh, comments that he made yesterday, Russell Wilson, where he said, I'm frustrated with being hit too much, and uh, he expressed some outward criticism that's very un-Russell Wilson-like. So, of course, Vegas hopped on the opportunity. They they, uh, came out with odds for Russell Wilson's next team. Number one was the Las Vegas Raiders, which is kind of scary to think about. The Broncos, though, Depending on the source, sportsbetting.com uh, had him at the fifth best odds to land Russell Wilson via unprecedented trade this offseason. And listen, I've gotten so much pushback from this on social media. Don't kill the messenger. I- I'm not a Vegas odds maker. I'm just reporting what has come out. But that is a scuttlebutt, Chad. The Broncos are rated among, but that's any quarterback that's available, whether it's Carson Wentz Sean Watson, Matt Safford when he was. I don't really think Wilson's leaving Seattle. And even if there was any chance of it happening, it would take more than what it would take for Deshaun Watson because unlike Watson, Wilson has climbed the steepest mountaintops in the NFL. He won a title. He's won playoff
2: games. He is legit. And it would take just way, way too much at this point of his career. Not only has he won titles and not only does he win, just in a general sense, but you get the best of both worlds there as well. He puts up stats. He puts up volume. He had over 40 touchdowns, if I'm not mistaken, this year, and he wins ball games. Now, you know they haven't been quite back to the top of the mountain since 2014, but two years in a row, uh, Super Bowl, and they lost one of them, of course, the fateful uh, interception thrown on the goal line there. But let me let me just pivot for a second and get back to a couple other things Philip Lindsay said, and then we can move on and, and dive back into the chat. Where are we at time wise? We're at 38. Okay. So here's here's what Lindsey went on to say about, you know, the way he's used as a rusher, quote. And again, this is Lindsey on Monday talking to Cecil Lamy and Nick Ferguson of The Fan. He says, quote, I'm not sitting here saying that you got to give me 25 carries. It's about the type of carries you give a running back. It's the times you give the carries to him. It, excuse me, it's the setup plays. That stuff elevates a running back and sometimes makes them look better than what they really are at times. Other times it showcases their talent. If you say... Let's just run a play just to run it and run a play. It doesn't work and will never work like that. All right. So he's also questioning uh, Schirmer's just kind of feel for the game and, and being predictable and like, you're not mixing it up, dude. And then as, as Luke very uh, succinctly kind of leads into this in the article itself, but the conversation between Lindsay and, and uh, the fan Devolved to the whole being a receiver thing. And Zach, our listeners can remember this time last year. In fact, before uh, there was an offensive coordinator shift, the last thing Philip Lindsay said basically as he was cleaning out his locker at the end of the 2019 season was when he was asked, what, What's your offseason focus going to be in terms of, you know, improving? He was all about, I got to work on my hands, got to work on my routes. Then Shermer rolls in and it's all about throwing balls to the running back. And so the the, the storyline, it was, I mean, it went Zach from being a a, a storyline to just a, a you know ubiquitous trope, like it just never ended throughout the entire offseason. So Lindsey, though, did take that as a call to action. He followed through on what he said he was going to do and he worked his butt off all offseason to improve his hands and his rushing or his receiving skills. Here's what he said. It didn't shake out in the stats, which I'll show you here in a moment. Quote, how can you say someone can't catch a ball when you don't give them enough balls to be thrown to? Yep. It doesn't matter who it is. You're going to drop balls. Okay. That's just the nature of the game. But the more you get thrown to the more confidence you get and the more you think the QB trusts and believes in you. All right. And then last thing here, Zach is he goes on to say, you know, he's kind of exasperated by this point point. He says, I worked my ass off to do the catching and stuff. And I just felt like I didn't get put in the situations to provide wow. it or show it close quote. Love it. And it's almost like Lindsay, I'm just saying this
3: kind of tongue in cheek, but it's almost like he watched the pot because he's saying the same exact Talking points that we have. You don't have to give him 40 carries. He doesn't have to be the RB one by title. He's not going to catch every pass, but give him the opportunity. And what he said there is something that, a point that I made about the entire Broncos team. It's not that they lost, it's how they lost. It's not that he was given, you know, lower carries, it's the carries that he was actually given. So the entire Broncos operation, when you look at it on a micro level, the things he were calling out, it, it, it Spans beyond just the running game. It spans just beyond him. It's the entire offensive operation. And I think that's the bigger message Lindsay's sending here. It's not just me, guys. It's not just the running game. The entire offense is broken. And the ring leader of it all shouldn't be here in Pat Shermer. So if it exposes Shermer for what he is, if it forces Shermer to adjust, if it maybe opens Fangio's eyes on Pat Shermer more, I am so glad Phil
2: spoke up, if only for himself, Chad, because he got a really raw deal last year. Boggins love you my friend not only a superstar but helping out on Facebook as a moderator in our superstar um or excuse me our super fan Facebook group appreciate you my friend and by the way we should get you back on the show in sometime in the near future hit me up uh let's chat on Facebook and set up a time but he says here and thank you for the super chat bro he says uh talking about potential cornerback options free agency and then the draft Mackenzie Alexander he likes Mike Hilton or Patrick Peterson in free agency and then of course Farley or Patrick Sertan in the first round so those options now knowing that A.J. Bouye is gone all you really have to hang your hat on is Bryce Callahan who is injury prone and a second year Michael O.J. Mudia, are you thinking Zach grab one of these vets in free agency and a high round pick in in uh, the draft or what are you thinking would be the best combo? You
3: know what? I'm taking it a step further. I'm signing, like, I I like Mike Mike Hilton too, but I'm signing an Alexander or an Hilton, like a a middle-tier free agent, won't cost too much, and I'm investing premium draft picks in that spot. So number nine overall, maybe Caleb Farley and I'm even coming back from that in the second or third round and taking another cornerback. You cannot have too many in this division, in this league, in a Vic Fangio system, Chad, and you're one injury away from having Michael Ojemudia be your cornerback one. That's a scary
2: proposition. They have to load the hell up for Bear at cornerback this offseason. Byrne, the guitarist who has rapidly become, not is becoming, has become a superstar jumping in with this super. Thank you, my friend. He says, Lindsey spitting truth and by the way burn the guitarist reach out to us on on an email milehighhuddle at gmail.com give us your personal deets give us your shirt size and and an address and let us send you out a t-shirt uh as a as a small thank you for the support and generosity you've shown the show and the channel over the last several months we really appreciate you and he says Lindsay, spitting truth and that he is that he is and zach i want to show something dante thank you for the stars my friend Um, let me show you something here to give you – let's just take a quick look. We know Lindsey was hurt quite a bit last year. But look at this. Week one, he plays the first half and then doesn't come out of of halftime because of the turf toe. Comes back in week six, and it can – if everyone can remember the setting or the um, situation that he came back to, Melvin had just gotten the DUI and then had that surprise – what was it, Zach's strep throat, right? The week of it's like, yeah, I'm sure that's what it was. But nevertheless, the Broncos were going on the road, and it was the it also coincided with Drew Locke's return to the lineup after getting hurt in Week Two. And you're playing a very savvily coached New England Patriots team in their own house. They are not accustomed to losing too many games. He carried that team. Drew Locke was throwing dimes that game. In fact, he played a nearly perfect game. Did Drew uh, until the fourth quarter? Halfway through the fourth quarter, throws a couple of picks, and you're like, man what the heck you were on his guys were not catching the ball or else you would have had huge numbers, but nevertheless what kept that offense moving up and down the field because guys were dropping so many passes that day was Lindsay, a total utter complete bell cow, 23 carries 101 yards. Then you jump to week seven. This is the Kansas city game. Uh, He goes nine carries for 79 yards, nine carries game for 79 yards. And then Daniel Sorensen of the chiefs, the safety knocks him out with a dirty helmet to helmet. And by the way, Sorensen did get fined for that and he gets concussed, but he ends up coming back. All right. He gets out of protocol in time to play the next week. That was the big comeback game. And one of the things that sparked that comeback. All right. If you guys can remember in the third quarter was Lindsay's massive touchdown run. Uh, And then of course, you know, he finished that game six carries 83 yards, but from there it started kind of going downhill, right? Eight carries 23. Then in week 10, at the Raiders, he gets four carries, right? And I get it. The, the Raiders had really put it to the Broncos in, in that game. It was pretty lopsided early, and you had to kind of go to the pass, but still four touches to arguably your most explosive offensive player gets four touches. All right, last thing here, Zach. Then you get to Miami, and once again, he, he gives you that bell cow workhorse type production, 16 carries, 82 yards, average five yards per clip. And then again, it starts kind of going down. Nine carries in that New Orleans game. He gets hurt again. Uh, and he, you know, that's when we've, we learned that he, he, the injury that eventually cost him 16 and 17, um, he suffered it in this New Orleans game where he started at quarterback. I know Kendall Hinton was the actual quarterback of the game, but it was Lindsey who was out on the field for snap one as the Wildcat quarterback in that game. And then, as you can see, his production just dipped because it was not only by this point was he banged up from the misuse, Zach, but the lack of creativity, the lack of, you know, um, just any sort of innovation started to to, to to take its toll, and he ended up having to miss the last two games with, uh, with the knee. A
3: few things that jump out. First of all, look at the defenses he's fit Not to make excuses, but a lot of those defenses, you know, Buffalo, New Orleans, Miami, those are really good run defenses, and Pat Shermer was running an outside running back right into the teeth of every opposing defense. But scroll up, Chad. I want to just point out seven. Six, four. Those amounts are disgusting to see when it comes to Philip Lindsay. Four carries. I don't care about game flow. I don't care about game script. I don't care about anything. When you're, there's no arguable to me. When you're a most explosive playmaker, gets four carries, six carries for eighty-three yards. He averaged thirteen point eight three yards a carry. Why not give him more? Why not keep feeding Phil? It makes no sense. And that's what. That's where his. His anger stems from it's like I don't have to see 23 carries a game, but let me make the most of my opportunities. If I have the hot hand, keep rolling with me, don't run me right up the middle. And we're gonna see his receiving stats here, Chad. And it's even more depressing.
2: Yeah, let me uh let me try and show that to everybody real quick. So one catch, one catch, then what it's the targets though that that matter. The targets, all right, yeah, let's look at the targets. So one, three. Three, one, zero, 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 one, two, three. Right. So by season's end, he was at uh he had fourteen total targets, seven of which he caught. I know there was one or two drops in there, but a lot of them were just not good pass. Like right. they weren't using him in that right. enough to where he had any kind of any modicum of chemistry set up with the quarterback. And so it was just disjointed, right, when they actually would go to him. That's on Shermer, dude, and I get it. Part of it too is a young quarterback kind of finding his way. There were so many you know, viable targets even without Sutton that, that Drew had to kind of figure out how to how to create some chemistry and, and move the ball. Jerry, KJ, Noah, then you get to Albert O. Then even late in the season, well, Melvin is a receiver. And then late in the season, you see, of course, Tim Patrick, that's probably the guy he has his best chemistry with, Drew. And then late in the season, you see Tyree Cleveland really come on strong for the Broncos in, this, in the finale. But, Zach, 14 targets, <laughs> seven receptions, 28 yards, one of them. Was, uh, oh, no, that's I misread that. But nevertheless, just tragically misused and wasted.
0: Yeah. Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site.
1: paid for by America first legal.
3: And you know what? Even the excuse about the the passes he didn't catch, there should be no question. The plays you drop for Philip Lindsay, Chad, get the ball in his hands, high percentage to give him 14 targets, seven carries. You put him on a team like Baltimore. He's a thousand, 1200, 13 yard, hundred, 1300 yard guy, Chad. He's a Pro Bowl running back where he belongs. And when you use him correctly, he's a 21st century
2: player. The problem is the Broncos have a 20th century play caller. We got a super chat here from Brennan. I'm, I don't. I hope I don't mispronounce your name. Uh, is it Gross? Gross? Grossy? I I went to high school with someone who has whose name was spelled similar, just with one extra S, and it was Grossy. So anyway, Brandon, thank you for that super chat, my friend. He says, for a journalism student wanting to eventually cover the Broncos, you guys are an inspiration. Keep killing it, guys. And by the way, Brandon. It was really cool. You, Brennan reached out to me, DM me on Twitter, and and um, we talked. And I have not had a chance as I look at this now. I haven't replied to you from your last reply, so I'll I'll follow. I'll just reply now, okay? The best thing if you're trying to break into this game it, it first of all, what do you want to do? Do you want to be a journalist? Do you want to be a radio guy? Um, you can do journalism. You can be a, a writer. Uh, gro- gross. Okay, thank you, my friend. Um, you can be a writer. And also do a podcast, but you kind of have to figure out how you, where you're going to specialize. Um, I'm guessing it's probably journalism, but if that's the case right now, all right, you got to try and catch on anywhere you can. I know you want to cover the Broncos, but put in requests and applications to anywhere that will take you right now. Even if it's as an unpaid intern where you can start working that muscle. All right. Any kind of, even if you only have a a little grain of natural talent uh, as a writer, it's a, it's a muscle that you got to work. And the more you write, the more time on task, my friend, the better you'll get at that. So by the time you get out of school, all right, you got your journalism degree. Not only do you have that experience that's that's made you a better writer, but you actually have some articles here, there, the other that you can use on your resume combined with your degree to land you a, a job that you're looking for.
3: It's really good advice there. A couple other things I want to point out. Um, like Chad mentioned, Lean into what you're good at. You know, lean into your strong suits. Uh, I'm not the biggest draft guy. I'm not the biggest film or stat junkie, so I'm not going to lean into that. But I love news. I love free agency. I, I love the current topics that Chad and I talk about. So I try to lean into that more. And also if you want to be a writer, I, the best advice I've given everyone who's ever asked is just write. It doesn't matter. The medium doesn't matter. The platform. I started my own blog 10 years ago, and this was at a time where it was painstaking to do so. Now it takes two clicks. Start your own b- uh, blog, Brendan. just write, just get clips out there, get your skills
2: sharpened and something will happen from it. Just write and do not stop. I mean, Zach and I have, we, we entered this business, uh, kind of a little bit differently, but the common theme was we didn't wait for opportunity to knock. We went out and found a way, made a way for it to happen. All right. Got to. And you'll, and you'll have to, uh, you know, make some sacrifices along the way. Uh, you're not going to get the world on a platter out of the gates, but you got to start building it now. Like Zach said, Even if you just go create a a, a free blog that you're tweeting the links every day from your Twitter account and you're using the hashtags and you're doing the things that you know can maybe help your content get in front of additional eyeballs, that's what you need right now, my friend. So there's some advice for you, and I'll try and uh, remember to reply to that DM in in a little bit more depth. But I think that's what you need. All you need to know, I know, I just cursed over it again, Zach. He wants radio podcast is kind of his thing. Um, So start a podcast right it's not hard dude you go out you 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 uh pay for it you decide where you want to have it hosted Spreaker, a lot of different options and you can hit me up i'll give you some tips on that and from there you just need a microphone you need to know how to record yourself which is not hard youtube teaches you everything you need to know what i mean you need to fix a flat tire you've never done it search on youtube you want to learn how to start a podcast at home search on youtube and just go just do it just create the content if you build it they will come all right christian go ahead just one more quick aside, Brendan, be yourself
3: though don't try to be I was gonna recommend watch a lot of podcasts, read a lot of articles uh, follow your favorite shows but don't try to be them or recreate them. be yourself and that will
2: come out in your in your mediums in your in your art actually. everybody has kind of their their heroes in whatever realm that you know they dream of of uh, succeeding in. And I know for me the inspiration for me was uh, at the time I got into this was an old site. Called it's all over Faman all right.com which was uh, a site owned by the great Doc Bear who is also now an MHH emeritus all right he, he, we had the honor of being able to publish some of his works after it's all over Fatman closed up. But that inspired me and that's actually where I got into this Jason Cole who we've had on the show a couple times wrote the Elway book, another inspiration to me but let's let's uh, Zach, let's jump back into the content here. Uh, Christian, good to see you bro really appreciate that super chat. This is another guy, Zach, that is rapidly becoming a superstar for us here at MHH. He says, uh, Philip Lindsay was utilized so well in Rich Scangarello's system, and now Shermer just has no clue what to do with him. He was speaking only facts today. And I think it's true. Scangarello, you know, it was, I think, one thing to keep in mind is Lindsay was the guy. Like, he was the unquestioned man that year. Royce was still there, but it was Lindsay was the guy pro bowler NFL sensation. Like Lindsay was the story of 2018. And so he had that going for him. He was the man, Um, but he also was lucky enough to stay healthy through the whole season. So that helped him out a lot too.
3: I, you know, I I don't take any pleasure from being right, but as soon as they fired Scangarello, literally the day of, I said, this was a mistake. And when they hired Pat Shermer, I said, even bigger mistake. They compounded one mistake with another Scangarello for a first year Coordinator being so young, being so inexperienced, having three different starting quarterbacks, having Joe Flacco start eight games, what he did with that offense, Chad, it, it's it's not just theoretical. He went four and one Drew Lock over his five games in twenty nineteen with Rich Gangarello. and not just that, not just that they went four and one, but the types of plays that were being run for the players on offense, all of them starting from the quarterback on down it was more in tune with this day and age of the NFL. Uh, Sher- Shermer is stuck in 2005 and that's coming out as you say in the wash.
2: Murphy Bros Collectibles in the house. Thank you my friend. He is you have just become lately very very consistent and we see you, we appreciate you. Thank you for your support and it's been great to also connect with you on Twitter, my friend and his message go Broncos that is definitely something we can echo my friend really appreciate you Zach we've also got Jay Ritchie good to see you bro longtime superstar everybody should know Jay Ritchie by now really appreciate you my friend he says uh fellas good evening question um round one this year round three this year round two in 2022 round three in 2022 lock Graham Glasgow for Russell Wilson would you take that? They wouldn't get that for Carson Wentz, let alone Russell Wilson.
3: I, it's gonna. It would take what four first rounders and, and Locke and Bradley Chubb and Draymond Jones. It would take the entire team. Russell Wilson is a better, more accomplished quarterback than Deshaun Watson. So only a first, a couple, a third, a second, Locke and, and Glasgow. Yeah,
2: they wouldn't even hang up on it. They wouldn't even take the call. I feel for Russ because, as he said publicly, I'm tired of getting hit. Right, they're not protecting him. Uh, he's he has really carried that team the last few years, and I feel for him that he might be kind of wishing he could go play somewhere else. But he's smart enough as well, Zach, to know that when you give up what it would take to get him from the Seattle Seahawks, you're going to a team where once again, you're going to have to carry it. You're going to have to be the guy which there's no he can do. But if you really want to give yourself the best chance to succeed for Russ, I mean, I haven't looked at his contract, but the best thing would be to play out your deal. And then when they come to you for an ex- extension, say, hey, I want to test the market and see what else is out there. I don't think the Broncos realistically are even in that hunt. If the Seahawks were to acquiesce and even make him available per trade, I mean, it would it would be crushing. Uh, Boggins, appreciate the super. And he wanted to know what Muhammad's first round prediction is. Farley. And I think he said uh, Farley, Parsons,
3: right? Yeah. I think his first choice was Parsons, but uh, he could see Farley as well, which you know I kind of agree with.
2: All right, let me see where we are at 58 minutes. We got to really hustle through our remaining superstars who've been so patient, including this guy, Dave from Georgia. Dave, you're another guy. Now that we're in the off season, we have the time and the, and the means to start having more and more superstar segments, at least one a week we want to do. So we'd love to have you on the show, my friend. We have, uh, if I'm not mistaken, we have uh, corresponded on email before, but so you should have it. But if not, milehighhuddle at Gmail, reach out or DM me on Twitter, we can set it up if that's something you'd be interested in. Appreciate you. He says, Mile High salute to Mo. Nothing like Broncos country. Hashtag state of being. And there's a guy in Georgia that exemplifies that, the hashtag state of being. I mean, we have an, another superstar saluting another superstar. It, it, it's just the
3: camaraderie and the tight community that's, that's developed here, Chad. It blows me away every day. So thank you, Dave.
2: All right, I want to pivot just for a second and grab one from Twitch. Savage boy Kev always want to try and get at least one Twitch question in on every podcast. Appreciate you, Kev. He says, "If Von Miller doesn't work out, do we take a shot at Bud Dupree or Melvin Ingram? If Jawan James gets cut, do we sign Trent Williams?" Um, I don't think so. On Trent, he's a left tackle, and the Broncos have their left tackle. Um, but the first one, and by the way, I still, I'd be, I'll, Zach, I would seriously be stunned. Like Mike Tyson in the in the hangover knocking the dude out. Like that's how stunned I would be if the Broncos were to cut Juan James because yeah. of the complications. Yeah. Um, but what's your answer for Kev here on the the prospect of going after a Dupree or an in Ingram if Vaughn if they move on from Vaughn? I really haven't thought that deep into edge
3: rusher because I don't consider it that you know stark of a need. I know some people out there think it's around one possibility. I'm not quite there yet. I do think Von Miller is coming back. But if he doesn't, for the sake of conversation, you do have Malik Reed who had a, a, a breakout season last year. He looks like a Vic Fangio kind of guy. You have draft capital. I mean, if Von doesn't come back, then it enters the first round conversation. But if he doesn't come back, it would be a financially driven move. So it's like you're going to replace Vaughn being expensive with another linebacker that would be expensive. Bud Dupree or Melvin Ingram would be not Vaughn money, but 10, $12 million a year. And I don't think you can do better than that in, in the draft. I'm always a guy that says, draft the guy. You know, they're younger, they're cheaper, they have higher upside in most cases, build from within. And the Broncos finally have a GM in George Payton
2: who shares that, that uh, mindset. All right, John, real quick. Let me just tell you where I'm at. Um, after Base Gase, we need Isaiah. Hold on, let me. Yeah, so Rocco's my next. One. So we need Isaiah, Jess, Victor. Those three. Isaiah, Jess, and Victor queued up. Uh, base Gase in the house, another superstar deserving of a t-shirt. Base Gase has now been with us a long time. And uh, you're another guy, too. You ever want to come on the show? You holler. We'd love to have you on. But at least reach out to us, milehighhuddle at gmail.com. Let us send you a t-shirt, my friend, as a small thank you for the support you've shown this channel and this podcast for the last at least seven months at least that I can remember you being in the chat. And it's almost every single stream. So love you, buddy. He says, sounds like parting words for Lindsay. I remember Odell giving Odell Beckham giving Shermer shade. If he's gone, I hope Lindsay goes to a team where he'll be appreciated. I don't know, man. I'm I'm not quite ready yet to say that that was Lindsey basically icing the Broncos. And I think uh, if if George Payton is the personnel team running guru that the Broncos think he is, you got to think that he's you got to just expect that he's smart enough to know. I mean, he said it, Zach. We're not in the business of letting our best players walk. Lindsey's not only one of your best players today, but he's arguably one of your best players of the last decade of Broncos football.
3: Yeah, I was nodding my head because I agree with the sentiment. If he does leave Denver, I would love to see him get utilized properly, have some success, win a playoff game, just like Shaquille Baird. I was so happy to see the Bucks win because Shaq got a ring, and he got a raw deal in Denver just like Phillip Lindsay did. But, you know, I don't think, like you said, I don't think he's icing them out. I don't think he said this because he knows the writing's on the wall, but it's almost a win-win. If his RFA tender gets picked up, he makes a cool He comes back to the team that he loves on some level. And if he doesn't, if these comments allow him to be, to be moved, he has an opportunity to go to a team like the comment suggested that would utilize him properly. So if I'm Philip Lindsay, not only do I feel better about myself, my pride is, is intact. He it's a win, win for him. He comes back, makes three mil, or he goes elsewhere
2: more than likely and is utilized properly. Isaiah 1127. Good to see you, my friend. Appreciate you. And we really do got to rapid fire. These ones here, um, but Isaiah says, with Bouye out the door, is Sertan or Farley the pick, or do we yet again go to the free agent pool to fill this important spot? Thoughts, fellas? Hashtag MHHFam. Really appreciate you, Isaiah. Seriously, my friend. Uh, I do think that both – I think uh, Sertan, Farley, and J.C. Horn are on the table for the Broncos at pick nine. Now, depending on how the veteran quarterback market ends up kind of shaping, shaping up for the Broncos – that could change, but I really don't see George Payton drafting a quarterback this year. If they swing, if he swings and misses, or is unable to land one of the obvious day one upgrades, which there are few in terms of what's available to Denver at quarterback. By that, I mean like a Deshaun Watson, which again, just paying through the nose to get him, but a Deshaun Watson, who else? Russ ain't getting traded. So probably Deshaun Watson's your only hope of a, or Dak, if something goes sour there with Dallas, but that's another long, 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 long shot. So I still think the odds are the Broncos this year go sign an Andy Dalton type, all right, a guy that's started games, won games, can, can competently take over if Drew fails. You run it back with Drew, that number nine pick, it's Caleb Farley, it's Pat Sertan, it's maybe J.C. Horn, depending on how the board falls. The nice thing about not making
3: a trade for Deshaun Watson is you get to you can still sign a quarterback and upgrade the room, but you have the picks and the and the capital and the uh the ammo to upgrade the rest of your team. And the Broncos, again, for the hundredth time, are not a Deshaun Watson away from hoisting the Lombardi trophy. And the Buccaneers prove that against the Chiefs. You need a defense as well. And the Broncos are sorely in need of cornerbacks right now. I believe it was Todd McShay who had the Broncos taking uh Pat Stratan at number nine. If that's the case, that's fine. All three, like you said, Horn, Sertan, and Farley are in play. And that, it truthfully has to be the pick. And I think the
2: Boyer release at this stage signals that. Rocco, 420, who has, this is, I think, the second stream in a row, if not the second in a row, the second of the last three or so. Jumping in on Super, really appreciate you, my friend. He says, and ba- hey, make sure you connect with us on Twitter so we can shout you out after these shows. He says, two words, guys, pay Lindsay. We need his fire in the backfield. Build the defense, but don't forget about your playmakers on offense. Hashtag go Broncos. And then we got one here from Alex Salazar. Good to see you, dog. He says, what up, MHH fam? Hope all is well. I really think in this, the whole pay fill, feed fill, hashtag feed fill, hashtag pay fill, I would love to see it. Maybe a new set of eyes comes in and George Payton and and this changes, but I think if the Broncos were going to pay him, they would have done it by now. I just had a
3: thought. I wonder how much that also went into his apparent unhappiness, Chad. He was making what six hundred thousand, seven hundred thousand last year, seven hundred fifty, and you pay Melvin Gordon eight million dollars for what Lindsay has done for the team. And not only do they not extend him or reward him, they brought in a rival running back and made him the fifth highest paid running back in the entire NFL. If I'm Philip Lindsay, I'm he I'd be way more out there. I, I mean, I, I'm actually applauding him for the restraint that he showed in the interview. I would be going in deeper in my employer because it's, it's negligence on the Broncos part,
2: not only isolating him, but not at least rewarding him for what he's done in the past. SC. Good to see you, bro. Appreciate you and everything you do for us. My friend, he says, which teammate on the NFL top 100 called AJ. Bum, <laughs> you Bumye, Bumye, bum, Um, that's dude, funny. I'm lost. I'm not sure I'm not sure what he's even talking about. Do you know what he's talking about? Which, which Broncos teammate? Which teammate on NFL Top 100? Jaguars. Jaguars? AJ? Bummy. Bummy? I'm lost, dude. I, I really do. I'm not sure what let you us mean. know. Yeah. Um, yeah, further, further, uh, further let us know what that what you're saying there. Context. Uh, Victor, appreciate you, my friend. Says, hey boys, hope y'all doing well. Let's go get Wilson. <laughs> Hey, man, we're not saying no. We're just saying don't get your hopes up. Uh, David Kilgore, again, thank you, David, says, uh, wanted to ask Zach if also we could trade for Dak. Adam Schefter from ESPN said that he does not think Dallas will resign him. If that's true, will Denver go after him? Zach, you cover the Cowboys as one of your other NFL jobs. What's your answer? The only way that's going to happen, it's the same reason the Broncos can't uh, trade Justin
3: Simmons. He's not under contract. They would have to tag him and Dak would have to sign the tag and agree to a trade among the options for Dak Prescott. That's the most unlikely. It's going to be the franchise tag. If not a long-term deal, I want Dak in Denver more than anyone. Trust me on that, but it's
2: not very likely. Mark Langley. Good to see you, my friend. You know, A stream is just not the same if we don't have Mark checking in and being involved in the conversation. And we just appreciate you so much. It's about due. Um, you know, it's been a while, Mark, since we've had you on the show, let's get you on the schedule and uh, get you back on and pick your brain a little bit and see, you know, catch up with you a little bit. says, what's up my guys. Shermer needs a shoe in the butt. Hashtag huddle up pod hashtag football priest. Yeah, but he's not going to get one right. Um, (laughs) <laughs> Philip Lindsay, thanks for the support, my We hey. got your back, Phil. We got you. Um, not allowed We're here. Still. Appreciate you not allowed here. Good to see you. By the way, if you're on Twitter, connect, let us know. Why doesn't uh, George Payton just hire you two to help bring this team back? <laughs> LOL. Love the show. Keep it up. We're available, yeah, if we, Chad. If we could be GM for a day, you know, I mean, look, we, we don't say that to just disc- Obviously, these guys, it's literally. Mm-hmm. Like us, we're storyline guys, right? We're we're covering the the stories, and it's not that we like Zach said. Both of our forte, we're not in depth draft scouting analysts. We're not in depth like breaking down the film. We love to do that stuff. It's just not what we. It's not our bread and butter. Our bread and butter for us, our strength. You go where your strengths are. Uh, is news analysis, etc. And so that's a far cry, though from the from the grind that uh, these GMs and the scouts and the personnel guys that they do. And obviously we definitely don't want to make light of, of the enormity of that profession and that expertise, but Hey, we're here. You need a, you need a little suggestion on, do I make this roster move? Do I make that? My dog, we're here for you. And we got Philip Lindsay in the chat. So Phil, how about a, a nice recommendation to George? There Put in a go. good word. Uh, Z dub Zachary Smouse in the house. Good to see you. My friend, another guy that just brightens our, our night anytime he's in the chat. And he says, uh, just because our MH fam- MHH family is the best, I love all of you. We love you, too, Zachary. And you know that when he says, I love all of you, this cat means it 100%. And Jesse, that's a new name. Thank you, my friend. Yeah, appreciate Welcome. you. Connect on Twitter. Thank you, Jesse. Um, yep. See, we love you, too. I mean, it's, it's the truth. Dennis Woods, good to see you. Another superstar, another guy embodying the hashtag state of being from Michigan. He says, no questions, really, just showing some love. Appreciate all you guys do. Denver Broncos, oh, life. Really appreciate that. Really appreciate Th- that. Thank you, Dennis. Always good to see you. Uh, let, me, let me check here, John, and I think we might be – let me double check here, see where we're at. Um, oh, no, we got Brennan, Rello, and Dale, and then uh, we're out of here. Brandon jumping in again. Thanks, my friend. He says, if the Broncos were to draft Trey Lance at pick nine, would you hate seeing him sit behind Locke or another veteran free agent for a season? Um, I'm of the general opinion when it comes to quarterbacks, like I'll echo Elway. I agree with Elway. And I'll take what Elway says as gospel. Before he became a GM, when he was just Hall of Fame quarterback John Elway, he's on record of saying, I'm of the opinion quarterbacks to develop, you got to play. So depending on the, roster politics like if drew's still here why are you first of all if you're drafting trey lance why bother going through any more rigmarole with drew you just drafted a guy in the first round trade drew cut him whatever get him out of town because he's not your guy and get Trey into the you know within the first half of the season at some point you want him to, to to play he's very raw He's, he's got a lot of, uh, you know, growing to do, but there's a lot of talent there. He's very intriguing quarterback. I just don't think the timing is right for the Broncos quite yet. That's just us.
3: Yeah. I'm of the mind also you take a quarterback in the top 10, you're not putting him behind anyone, Chad. I mean, he has to play. And if you do, it opens up the scenario where what if Locke outplays Trey Lance or what if he holds off Lance? What do you do then? It, it's a Pandora's box. I don't think George Payton wants to explore his
2: first year on the job. Thank you, Daniel. By the way, here, uh, um, real quick, John, keep Rello ready. I'm just grabbing this real quick. Brandon says, I "Appreciate all the advice, guys. I've been writing stuff just to practice for about a year now. Love the grind. That's good, man. It's a muscle. Now publish it. Fine. Go start your own blog. It's not hard, dude. It sounds daunting, but it's not. All right, wow. Rello. Let's see. Let's see my friend Rello. There he is. Appreciate you, Rello. And you've come. You're another guy that's really come on strong as a superstar the last month or so." And uh, we see you, we appreciate you. Keep it up, my friend. Um, you know, we love to see it and we we want to see more of that, get you more w- woven into what we're doing here at MHH and a part of this community. So he says lock is better when running play action passes rather than regular dropbacks or shotgun. Lock through for seven touchdowns and zero picks from play action in 2020 with 120.47 passer rating. Yeah, I know his his uh, stats and his analytics were much more favorable when he was in play action which is why Zach again here, let me let me get the ball dome out here you're, you're going like this when he's when Schirmer's lining him up in the gun play after play after play after play i mean at least when Gary Kubiak inherited Peyton Manning who was on the back nine he was smart enough to go all right Peyton likes the gun but let's so let's run pistol i mean it was Ronnie Hillman and CJ from the pistol utilizing still that play action uh, to great effect, you got to use it more, especially when it plays to a strength of your quarterback. That was my answer. It's
3: like, how often did you actually see Locke in play action last year? And it's just an an abdication of duty on on Pat Shermer's part. And you know, you talk about Gary Kubiak. You put Locke in a Kubiak system, he throws for thirty five hundred yards, twenty six touchdowns. You know, he's a really solid like. Kirk Cousins-level quarterback, and I hate to say it, but you put that type of quarterback under center in Denver with that defense playing up to par, you can be a playoff team. Dale,
2: rude. Rudd? Rude, I think. Good to see you, my friend. Appreciate you. Uh, Get a Twitter account, dude. Connect with us on Twitter. He says, they bring in Melvin Gordon, and that was shortly after Elway talking about hoping Lindsey's contract, uh, despite having a year left on the cheap hashtag slap in the face. You are not wrong, my friend. That's one of the things that I know soured Philip Lindsay and just, you know, it was a kick to the gut because, in Elway's defense, it's not like Elway came out in a press release and said, Hey, everybody, I know no one was asking, but we're thinking about extending Philip Lindsay. That's not how it shook out. He was at the podium, end of season presser following the 2019 campaign. He was asked, Hey, Philip is entering a, a contract year. You guys gonna? I know you can RFA him after this year still and keep him under team control, but are you gonna look at an extension? And he said, "This is me. This isn't a direct quote. This is, um, you know, this is not verbatim." But he said basically that we're gonna take a look at that. Yep, we've already got plans to take a look at that, at an extension, at a new contract for Philip Zach. Then they fired the coordinator and then hired Pat Shermer, and the prospect of doing anything new for Phil fizzled like that. And then
3: they paid Melvin Gordon $8 million a year. Yep. And when they already had a perfectly good running back. And even before that though, what did Philip Lindsay witness in 2019? What the Broncos did with a guy who wanted more money and Chris Harris Jr. Elway wasn't cheap then. He gave him three million bucks just for the sake of keeping him happy. Elway is only cheap until he wants to be cheap, you know, until he wants to spend some money. And he should have opened the pocketbook a little more for Philip Lindsay. Cause now you have, I don't want to say a mutiny, but you have some unhappy campers in that locker room.
2: All right, guys, we got to dip out of here for tonight. We went a little bit long, but hey, we just have so much fun doing this, and we don't leave a superstar on the outside looking in. So, thank you to each and every superstar tonight. Mile High salute to mile you, our Facebook supporters, our Facebook stars. When you give us stars on Facebook, we really appreciate it. Uh, connect with us on Twitter at HuddleUpPod, at Mile High Huddle. Follow my partner, Zach Kelberman, on Twitter at KelbermanNFL, myself at Chad and Jensen. And our producer, Buona Beast, the lovable teddy bear that will rip your face off, okay? At John K. M-H-A-C. Yeah, that's right, John. All right. Trust on that. He's a great Twitter follow. Uh, Also, call to action, all right? I'll make this easy for you guys. Um, I'm going to give you the uh, link to the Huddle Up Podcast Facebook page in the chat right now. You can click on it. Go follow. We need you over there. Get her done. And remember, it's going to enter you into the future drawings if you're following and liking the page and then check out the, the merch store. When you get a chance, huddleapod.com, get your swag on and get your 20% off and free shipping. Upgrade your mail grooming, manscaped.com. Use the code huddle. And I think one last thing, Zach guys go become a supporter on Facebook. If you want access to our additional premium video content, which right now includes Kelberman's corner, another pod or, or another episode, I should say coming out fresh Sunday, noon, and then we're also rolling out some very fun uh, draft content, premium draft content for the draft nerds in our community. We're all draft nerds, but you know, for those who are really want to know all the ins and outs and the details, we're going to be rolling out some content there. So facebook.com slash mile high huddle, just open up the app, find mile high huddle, big blue button. You're in like Finn, uh, And then we'd really appreciate it gang, Before you dip out like this video, it helps us so much. Other than that, Zach, uh, sign us off. We'll be back tomorrow for the Mile High Mailbag, but uh, have a good night, bro. You
3: as well. Everyone out there, have a good night. Thank you for tuning in. We'll be back tomorrow night, 6 o'clock Eastern, 6 o'clock Mountain, excuse me, 8 p.m. Eastern, our favorite pod of the week, the Mile High Mailbag. If you have any questions, pop it into us on Twitter. Uh, hit us up on the official MHH uh, Twitter account, our, our own individual Twitter accounts. We will see you tomorrow night. Have a great night, you Dylan, as well. Thank you. Hit the like button, guys, on your way out. Listen to Dylan. Knows what he's talking about. Take care, and until next time, and as always, go Broncos.
1: You've been listening to the
2: Huddle Up! Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going.
1: Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children